Welcome to Built to Go, a van life program. I'm your host, Jeff Wagg, coming to you from the College of Curiosity. This time it's episode 193, and we're going to talk about... Uh... All right, guys, let's, let's take a moment here. Stop the music. Okay. So it's time to have a little chat. <laughs> I, I apologize. This is not going to be a normal episode, and I realize that I've missed the last two weeks, and this is a resetting episode. So I'm going to tell you a bunch of things that are going on with built to go a whole, and a bunch of things. There's, a, there's a, a few different things here that we need to talk about, and it's probably going to take up the whole episode. So this episode is actually probably going to be like one great big tale from the road. But if you bear with me, I, I think it's necessary. I think I have to do this episode to reset for what's going to happen in the coming episodes. So thank you for bearing with me. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Um, for those of you who are following along, uh, I just did a series of short format videos called Where is Jeff? And I traveled to some pretty interesting places around the world and posted videos, one minute videos of me standing in some interesting place where I asked you to guess where I was. And the people who participated, and honestly, there weren't that many, but the people who participated were really good at it. I mean, some of these were fairly obvious that if you just Google lensed an image from the video, you'd be able to find it. But others were really obscure places that most tourists don't even know about. And people were able to find them. So congratulations to any of you who played along and found these fairly obscure places. I am super impressed. And even though there were not a lot of views on these videos, um, Facebook is where people interacted. So uh, folks who think Facebook is dead, well, I guess it depends on your age bracket. But anyway, I'm, I'm already distracting myself. I really enjoyed making these videos, and they were a complete success from my standpoint. I mean, they did exactly what I wanted them to do, they came out exactly how I wanted them to come out, and I will be doing them again. Now, why am I leading with that? Because for two weeks in December, as I traveled around to all these places, I was literally staring at myself in a mirror. And I said literally, and I literally meant literally. The desk I was working at had a wall-to-wall -wall mirror right in front of it. So as I'm sitting there on my laptop typing away and recording stuff and editing videos, I'm literally looking at myself. <laughs> and uh, it was an interesting experience. And it caused me to reflect not only on my own appearance, which is not all that much I can do about, but also on what I'm doing in my life. Uh, I'm 57 years old. I have a very good life, a very privileged life. I have zero complaints. It's, it's amazing that I am where I am today. I, I do not deserve it, but uh, I am here and I'm, I'm happy about it. But what do I do now? I mean, I'm 57 and 10 years, I'm going to be 67. 20 years, I'll be 77, etc. You know, the, the clock be ticking, and uh, I have already slowed down quite a bit in my advanced age. I, I can no longer do the things I could do 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, I imagine 10 years from now, I'm going to have slowed down even more. So it's time to make some plans and time to do things deliberately. And that has caused me to make a number of changes in my life. And some of those involve this podcast. So let me, let me tell you what those are. 
First off, I'm going to take the podcast more seriously. This is what I'm doing. I'm doing this podcast. I'm now going to do it with more intent. That means more research, more thought being put into it. And the way I'm going to do that is to abandon the YouTube channel. Now, I'm not going to abandon the YouTube channel, but I am going to abandon the idea of filming every single podcast and trying to make it into a YouTube video. This is the second time I've tried to do it, and I just don't think it works. And I found myself getting into this pattern where I was spending all this time editing the video and typing in the metadata. And then on weekends, I'd go to Tiki Bagoland and spend the entire weekend fixing things up there. And then the week would start over. And basically, all I was doing was chores at Tiki Bagoland and making these videos. And you know what I wasn't doing? I wasn't traveling anywhere in my van. I wasn't doing any van life, which is what the podcast is about. And I've done so little van life in the last couple of years that I think something has to change. So... I'm going to be doing more van life. In fact, here's an announcement. It's an important announcement to me anyway. I will be attending VanFest in Florida this month, January. VanFest USA. You've probably heard of VanFest. They've had a couple of successful events in Utah. And there's a long story about how this came about. They're basically run by a couple. They seem like really nice folks and they are going big. They're doing a van fest in Florida. They're going to do another one in Utah. And they're also going to do one in new England this fall that hasn't been officially announced as to where that is yet. And, um, I want to be a part of this. These folks are trying to bring van life to the East coast. As far as festivals go, where there's very little, we have big events in Quartzsite and Bend and Colorado and Utah every year, but there's very little that we have on the East Coast, and these folks are trying to bring it there, and heck, I want to be part of that. So I will be at VanFest 2024. That is January 26th through 28th in Vieira, Florida. That's on the Space Coast. I will have a link in the show notes, or you can just go to vanfestusa.com and see it. And not only will I be there for the entire event, will and I will have van tours, although my van is going to look pretty sad next to some of the builds there, but that's okay. There's still a lot to learn from visiting my van. I'm also going to be giving a talk. I'm going to be giving a podcast 101 type of talk that will basically give you all the information you need on how to start your own podcast. So, uh, heck, if you can be there, go ahead and be there. It's not very expensive. It's it's 120 bucks if you want to spend the night there or the two nights there if you want to camp there. And it's it's only $15 to come to the event, and that gives you access to everything all day Saturday and Sunday. And if you want to camp, it's 120 bucks, which I do recommend. You might as well stay on site and it's a nice safe place to park and Florida doesn't have the best van life laws, so, you know, you've got that too. Plus, as an added bonus if you want to go to schoolie swarm as well which i unfortunately can't do but is nearby and it's february 16th to 25th in melrose uh that's 180 bucks so if you're based in florida and you or or nearby and you want to do van fest in schoolie swarm they have a nice deal there for 180 bucks there's going to be vendors and food trucks and lots of music and what i think is the best part of the whole thing is lots of van tours there's going to be a couple afternoons where you can just walk around and tour everyone else's vans and get idea about what they did and stuff so that's a that's one big announcement i have is that i will be at van fest 2024 i'm going to drive down there with M3, 
my converted 2011 Sprinter ambulance in whatever state it's in. <laughs> I hope I can get some more stuff done on it by then. And uh, I hope to meet some of you guys there. And I will be handing out stickers and probably something else. I'm still working on that. Okay, another fairly large announcement here is while I'm going to abandon the YouTube channel, that's it's actually much stronger language, I'm going to convert the YouTube channel into like just a channel that represents me. It's no longer going to be the built-to-go van life channel. It's going to be the Jeff Wag channel. That way I can include a lot more of the things I can I do, and it'll make more sense. I mean, I've been taking all these trips without my van lately and posting videos and stuff that aren't related to van life is confusing on a van life channel. So I'm going to make my YouTube channel just be a college of curiosity kind of here's all the stuff I'm doing channel. Now, this is terrible advice for anybody who is hoping to monetize their channel. If you want to monetize your YouTube channel, you want to pick a topic and stick to that topic and never never stray from it because the way people watch YouTube is they go to a channel for a specific kind of content and I am not going to offer that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm sorry. This is going to be my place to put videos that I make re regardless of the topic. And, uh, if you don't like that, then that's fine. Don't watch, go somewhere else. There's plenty of other places, but if you do like that, then that's also fine. It's not a strategy, it's just something that's going to make me feel better in my life. And will it cost me money? Yeah, it probably will. But honestly, folks, the days of making money on small YouTube channels is pretty much over. You really have to be one of the big guys to make any serious money on YouTube these days. So it's not like I'd be giving up much. Another thing is that I am feeling the urge to write. That is like, write, like typing, like like, remember the days when people read things? <laughs> Before there was TikTok and people just watched 800 videos in an hour, there were blogs, there were newspaper articles, there were magazines or all these kind of things. And, uh, well, many people might say that those are old-fashioned and have gone the way of the dodo. I am going to start writing because I actually think there's a resurgence in what used to be called blogging. Substack... Medium, Ghost, all these different things have lots of wonderful writers in there on all different topics. And if you're the kind of person who really wants in-depth content rather than just a picture of a cat climbing up a curtain that knocks over a flower pot onto a dog who then runs and trips a lady and she spills her lemonade, uh, then this content could be for you. So I will announce the address for my writing in the future, and it will be probably mostly travel-based, so it will overlap with van life, but it won't be exclusively van life by any means, and, and that's okay. And another thing I've done, and this is only because people ask for this, is uh, there is um, Buy Me a Coffee slash Built to Go is a, is a web address where you can donate money to the podcast. Uh, and buy me a coffee is an interesting concept because it's not like Patreon or anything like that. The idea is that, huh, that was a good episode. I think I'll buy Jeff a coffee or in my case, a gallon of diesel, which sadly cost about the same thing these days. And thank you to Brian and Kent, our two most recent donors. Yeah, and that's it. It's a one-off thing. But people have asked me if they could have memberships, meaning that they would automatically donate a certain amount each month. And I was resistant to this at first because, well, memberships require a commitment of some sort. And I wasn't sure I wanted to commit. And uh, I kind of feel like you should only donate money if you actually liked the episode. You know, I, I kind of felt like it was 
hmm, I like that episode, I'll give money in. This week, nah, this week wasn't so good, I'm going to skip it. I kind of like that model. But hey, since people asked for it, we're going to do memberships. So here's how the memberships will work. If you go to buymeacoffee.com slash built to go, you will see two options next to the donate button. And one is buy a gallon of diesel and the other is membership. Memberships are $5 a month or $50 a year. And uh, if you do sign up for a membership, which you can cancel anytime, of course, and honestly, regardless of whatever policies buy me a coffee has, if you have a problem, let me know and we will sort it out. But uh, for that price, um, I will do two things. Because I'm going to start this membership thing, I am guaranteeing you, everybody really, that there will be at least 250 episodes of this program. So I am having a contract with you, a, a verbal, probably completely non-enforceable contract, but a contract nonetheless, that I will provide you with 250 episodes of the show. So that's that's a bit of an announcement, is that this show will be continuing on for 250 episodes. Also, if you do become a member, you get to pick a topic and I will address it in a podcast. Simple as that. Now, the truth is, is I pretty much do that anyway. But I will have a lot more pressure to do yours and in a timely fashion if you are a member. <laughs> okay, so I just introduced a big topic here, right? I just said when the podcast ends. And that's interesting, isn't it? It's not something I've ever talked about before. So I picked the number 250 because it's round. And there's a chance that the podcast will end after I do 250 episodes. But I don't think so. And here's why. Number one, I, I actually really enjoy doing the podcast. And, and you guys can encourage me to keep doing it. And that will have a huge impact. You know, if we get to episode 249 and I get a few emails saying, Jeff, Jeff, please keep doing the podcast. I think that's going to have a lot of weight. But should I ever not be able to do the podcast? You know, maybe I have a health problem or maybe something else comes up or, you know, whatever. Or maybe I just don't want to do it anymore. I mean, that could happen. I'm not going to shut down the podcast. What I'm going to do is offer it up to someone else who would like to take it over. And basically, they would become the host of Built to Go. I would give them all the information they would need to keep the podcast going. And after current subscriptions expire, they would be responsible for paying for the Podbean subscription, for example. And there would be little things to work out, you know, like, can they have the music? I'd have to talk to Simon, et cetera, et cetera. But basically they would have my full support going forward to take over the podcast and it would be theirs. It would be completely theirs. I wouldn't be involved with it in any way, except maybe in a support status and they can do whatever they want with it. Although it would be my hope that they would keep the format because I think that's a special thing. Uh, there just aren't that many magazine format podcasts out there and most van life podcasts. And I, I think there should be more by the way, are basically conversations or interviews and there's nothing wrong with that, but I like the magazine style. I think it's worked. <sighs> so that's a lot. So a lot of things are changing and a lot of those are good and some of them aren't so good. But I basically just had 12 days to reflect on what I was doing and what I liked doing and what I didn't like doing. And I decided that I like travel and I don't like chasing algorithms. In fact, I've kind of made this resolution for myself that I'm going to avoid pleasing algorithms for the future. Uh, I'm going to post and write what I want. I'm going to make the podcast be what I want. 
I'm not going to deploy clickbait. I'm not going to look at the YouTube stats to see what's popular now. I'm simply going to do what I feel is the right thing to do at the time. And if that results in fewer listeners and less money, that's fine. Because I am in a position where those things don't really matter that much to me. Would I love this to have a million listeners every week? Sure, that would be fun. But it could also be a pain in the butt. (laughs) And I think what I really would like more is to just have a way to express myself. And that's what I'll keep on doing. So as always always your feedback is hugely influential if you have anything to say to me positive negative suggestions comments flames whatever you would like to send me you can always do that at jeff at builttogo.com that's two t's not three not one and as always sincerely thank you for listening I absolutely appreciate that so many of you have written to me to tell me how much the podcast means to you. Uh, It warms the cockles of my heart, and uh, I am going to absolutely keep the things going at least until episode 250. So, uh, <laughs> that's that's been over 15 minutes. Uh, maybe we should have some real podcasts now, so let's dive right in. News! Van life news. So there has been a little bit of news that I've been waiting to share for uh, for a while. Actually, and I, I have to apologize to the folks at Van Lab. They wrote me a while ago to announce that they have a new kit available. And uh, it's definitely something that we need to talk about. So Van Lab is a company that does something very interesting. They make kits kind of that come in a box and you build them inside your van and then your van is done. I don't know. It's like if Ikea sold van conversions, <laughs> these flat boxes, and you just build them, and then you're done. You've got a bed platform. You've got cabinets. You've got everything you need to hit the road, and you can do this in a weekend. They're amazing, and and for years, they've had them for sprinters and pro masters and things like that, but now, now they've got one for econo lines and i think this is fairly big news you can i'll have a link in the show notes but you can just go to wearevanlab.com and you'll be able to see these they're beautiful they're beautiful and the very high quality materials precisely cut and exactly designed to fit your van and the only issue with these is that you do need to re- you do need to be able to build things you need to have some confidence using an electric drill and things like that but it's a pretty low barrier and well you know they're not cheap the price for the econoline kit is seven thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars and while that might just be shocking it actually isn't that much when you consider how much it costs to build out a van that's a pretty good price because you are going to save so much time and labor and so much guesswork because these things are precisely measured to fit your van. You know it's going to fit. It comes with complete instructions. Now, it does not come with wiring. If you would like to add wiring, it, they have a wiring loom that'll connect, like if you're going to have a fridge and lights and all that, you can insert this wiring loom and they have it all fixed for you. Far less cutting of wires and crimping and all that stuff. They've done that all for you. Now, that does have a price. That is another $1,500 about. That is another $1,500, which again, sounds like a lot. But folks, you could have a finished van in a week (laughs) if you bought one of these things. So I really like the idea. No, I've never used one. I've never built out a van with one, but I think it's a wonderful idea for people who 
have the van, but don't really have the time or skill to build out the van they want to. These guys have taken all that guesswork out. And as far as the cost goes, honestly, I think you're going to be able to sell the van for that much more after you put the stuff in that the cost is actually completely worth it. So anyway, that's just my opinion. You can go check it out at wearevanlab.com. No, this wasn't sponsored. I'm just very excited about this. And I think it's a very big piece of news that they're supporting the Econoline, which is one of the most common vans that van life people use, despite the fact that they haven't made any since 2014. Oh, and I should mention, they, they have kits for SUVs, Nissan NV200, Mercedes Sprinter 144, my Sprinter, uh, Chevy Express, GMC Savannah, Ram Promaster, Ford Transits, um, basically all the common vans they have a kit for. Second piece of news I have is that the 2023 truck report says that delivery fleet manufacturers continue to put more of their eggs in the electric basket. So that means big fleet buyers of vans, you know, Amazon, UPS, companies like that. Well, folks, they are really dedicated to electric. And I know in my neighborhood in Chicago, most Amazon vans I see now are electric vans. And what that means for us is that... Eventually, there's going to be a lot of used electric vans on the market. I don't know that they're going to be a good thing for van life. Uh, you know, batteries wear out. I, I, we just don't know what the used electric vehicle market is going to look like. Maybe there really won't be one. I mean, uh, for years, UPS has not sold any of their old vehicles. When I was working for UPS in 1985, I believe it was, the van we were in was built in 1969. They just kept fixing it. They replaced things that needed to be replaced. And I remember the guy said it was on its seventh starter <laughs> when we were riding around in it. So all we know is that these big companies are buying a lot of electric vans. And honestly, I don't see that being bad for us in any way. It's either going to make electric vans much more common and much more useful, or it's going to take pressure off the gasoline and diesel vans that we're actually buying, and that's a good thing too. But honestly, we're still in a market where vans are flying off the shelves, so to speak. Vans are still in short supply, especially in the U.S. And yes, the chicken tax is still there, so we really have a dearth of vans available in the United States. And every time I travel overseas, I am stunned, stunned at how many different vans I see from different companies we are truly impoverished in the U.S. because of this archaic, nearly 100-year-old law. Alas. A place to visit. Well, I just visited a whole bunch of places, and I'm going to be writing this up in some detail. It's probably going to be my first article that I'll, I'll write for my, my new bloggy thing, whatever it is. But, um... Yeah, I just visited the Canary Islands, Spain, and Morocco. And I'd never been to Morocco or the Canary Islands before. And, and yes, I understand, Canary Islands are part of Spain, but I feel like they're their own de destination. Just like Puerto Rico is part of the United States, it's kind of its own destination. So I had an amazing trip, and uh, I have several places that you should visit from this. But the one I want to talk to today is on the island of Lanzarote. 
That's spelled L-A-N-Z-A-R-O-T-E. And this is one of the uh, Canary Islands. There's a lot of Canary Islands. This is not the most popular Canary Island. That's probably Tenerife or uh, Grand Canaria. I'm not sure about the numbers. But Lanzarote is the northernmost, closest to the African continent of the Canary Islands. And uh, it is like visiting another planet. Now, you might think, Jeff, you're telling us to visit an island in our vans. And you might think, that's crazy, but it isn't. I saw a lot of van life people on Lanzarote. Apparently, people take ferries with their vans from probably Cadiz or somewhere in Spain and then travel around this island in their vans. I mean, there were vans all over. So this is completely a van life destination if you happen to be in Europe, at least. Now, what's special about Lanzarote? Well, I learned very quickly that each of the Canary Islands is actually very different from each other. This is a volcano island. And and when I say it's a volcano island, it, it's a volcano. I mean, this island is like Mars. There are many places on this island where you can take a picture and then claim it was from some Mars rover, and people would believe you. <laughs> Absolutely. I loved exploring this island, and the place I want you to go visit is it's called Parque Nacional de Timanfaya, or Timanfaya National Park. It's on the western part of the island, and it's a large national park surrounding a number of volcanoes that have erupted recently. In fact, they've buried five villages not too long ago. Now, this park is the closest thing you're going to have to driving on Mars. It's, it's pretty amazing. And it's also very pristine because the only way you can experience this park, or at least major parts of it, is on a tour bus. They won't let anyone walk around out there, which is kind of a shame, and yet it isn't because you don't see any footprints or plants or anything. You just see this, this incredibly desolate volcanic landscape, and it's beautiful. Also in this park are... Camels, because they brought camels over to the Canary Islands many years ago. And you can have camel rides down in a different part of the park. So if you ever want to ride a camel, you can do that too. But perhaps the most interesting thing about this park, and something I've never seen anywhere else, is the restaurant. There is a restaurant right in the middle of the park, and it is called El Diablo Restaurant, or Restaurant of the Devil. (laughs) I have never seen a place like this. Now, I have actually, and I think I've talked about this in the podcast, I have actually been to restaurants on volcanoes before. (laughs) There's one not far from Quito, Ecuador, called called El Crater, that is a beautiful restaurant on the side of an active volcano. And you can look out the window and see down in the bottom of the volcano, uh, which is a fabulous, wonderful place. I highly recommend you go there. This place is, is quite different because this volcano is so active that the ground is hot. In fact, the floor of the restaurant is hot. In fact, they cook the food on the volcano. (laughs) I kid you not. They have this massive grill over a hole in the ground that's the volcano. And they put the chicken and steaks out there and cook it with the heat from the volcano. I am kind of blown away by this. In fact, it's actually a little bit dangerous because if anything falls through the grill, like they drop a fork or something... It's gone forever because it fell in a volcano and ain't nobody going to get it. Now, this restaurant is also a coffee shop. You can go and visit and just have a coffee, but um, I would recommend you go and have the full experience. All the tour buses stop here. There's an interesting gift shop here, but 
uh, yeah, it's this beautiful kind of James Bond villain estate kind of place on top of a volcano. They do demonstrations about how hot the soil is. They, they have geyser demonstrations and they'll dig up some soil and put it in your hands and you can barely hold it because it's that hot. Anyway, a fascinating place to visit. So, um, you may not have ever heard of Lanzarote. I hadn't heard of it until a few months ago, but if you want a real van life adventure, you can go have lunch or dinner at El Diablo restaurant and have your meal cooked on a volcano. Pretty darn cool. Product review. All right, I know it's out of order, but we're going to do a product review anyway. I, I bought this thing out of desperation because I have a problem with captured Wi-Fi. Captured Wi-Fi are systems where you log into the Wi-Fi and then it asks you to log in again using a web page, kind of thing you'd find at an airport or specifically on cruise ships. And having spent so much time on ships lately, I was frustrated that I would buy basically a login for the internet and I could use my phone or my computer or my iPad, but not all these things at the same time. And there are times, especially when you're doing content creation, where you need to have your phone and your computer connected at the same time. It It's pretty frustrating, honestly, and uh, almost to the point where I almost paid for another device, which uh, would have been silly because it's really expensive. <laughs> So I have bought a few of these, but this one that I just purchased works the best. And it is a travel router. It is specifically the TP-Link AC750 Wireless Portable Nano Travel Router. What the idea of this thing is, is it's a little tiny thing. It fits in your pocket. It's only $35, so it's not very expensive. But it's this device that you can use to connect to the Wi-Fi and then it will repeat that signal using an SSID that you choose. You can have it say whatever you want. And then you can basically share that connection. You connect your phone and your iPad and your laptop and all that to the same connection, full speed over 2.4 gigahertz or five gigahertz. And it just works. Honestly, the thing worked brilliantly. Now, this, I would say, is mostly for Apple people because Android and PC people can do this with their phones or their PCs in many cases. I brought my PC on a cruise in October and was able to share that connection. And it wasn't as easy as this. It wasn't as seamless, but it totally did work. And uh, my son Fisher was on the cruise with us and he was able to do the same thing with his Google Pixel phone. So this is one case where the Android and PC people have a clear advantage over the Apple people. But if you are an Apple person, 35 bucks is like the cost of one day of internet on a ship. Or if you're in a place where you have to pay for connections, such as like in an airport that uses Boingo or whatever, this device will get you around that basically. And it's not cheating. You know, you're not hacking. There's not, none, no, none of that. It's, you're just, this is the device that's connecting to the internet. And this device just happens to be able to share that connection with your other devices. So I found that it worked really, really well, and it wasn't too difficult to set up. There's plenty of videos to help you. So I'll have a link in the show notes. It's the TP-Link AC750 Wireless Portable Nano Travel Router. <laughs> oh, these names are so long. It's fairly well-reviewed. I'm giving it a good review. And yes, I'll have a link in the show notes. Well, folks, that is the end of this very strange episode 193. I, sometimes I wonder if I ever have a normal episode. <laughs> Music, as always, is by Simon Wagg. And my thanks, as always, is to you guys for listening. Thank you very, very much. 
I really encourage you to get in touch at Jeff at builttogo.com. That's two T's, not three, not one. And let me know what you would like to see on the podcast. It has a big influence on me and you might just get what you want, which is a scary thing. Until next time, remember the words of Nathaniel Brandon, who said, the first step towards change is awareness. The second step is acceptance.